Hi, I'm Max Damaris, a 2022 Mariah's Challenge scholarship winner. And here's what Mariah's Challenge means to me. It means staying true to myself and not giving in to peer pressure. It means saying no to underage drinking and never getting into a vehicle with a driver who is impaired. It means setting a positive example for the generations that follow. It means growing old and helping others do the same. I'm Max Damaris, and I accept Mariah's Challenge. I hope you join me and show that you too are beaut tough. Today's podcast is presented by Lone Peak Physical Therapy. Let me tell you a little bit about why I will always owe a debt of gratitude to Lone Peak. My son is playing baseball for Butte High School this year. He is a freshman and will play on the junior varsity team. Had you seen him try to run to first base two years ago, you never would have thought that was possible. That is where Lone Peak Physical Therapy came into play. Thanks to Beth at Lone Peak, we found a diagnosis for Grady's problem. When specialists told us they didn't know, Beth would not give up. She kept sending us to other specialists, looking for answers. Eventually, we got a diagnosis, and it was good news. Physical therapy and some time would fix it. That's when Beth and fellow Lone Peak physical therapist Jake came into play. They got to work to teach Grady how to run again. When specialists around the western half of the country were willing to write Grady off as unfixable, Beth and Jake would not stop. Sure, Grady is not going to lead the team in stolen bases. If he improves as much over the next two years as he did the last two, however, he just might be in the conversation. That is all thanks to Beth and Jake and the rest of the crew at Lone Peak Physical Therapy. If you are not living your best life, call Lone Peak in Butte at 406-494-7050 today or visit LonePeakPT.com to find one of the other nine locations around the state. Call today and start feeling better as early as tomorrow. I'm glad that's where I took my son, and I am proud to say that Lone Peak is a sponsor of the ButteCast. Now, let's get the show started. Welcome to the ButteCast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world, Butte, America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth. Woo-hoo! Now, here's my dad, Bill Foley. Proud to be from Butte, America, USA. The Butte Mineral and Gem Show will be held at the Butte Civic Center this Saturday and Sunday. That means Dr. Pete Knutson has been a very busy man. Knutson first went to this show as a senior at Great Falls High School in 1964, and he has been instrumental in most of them since. Knutson was also instrumental in making Montana Tech the school that it is today. For more than 36 years, Knutson taught at his alma mater. He served as the head of the Mining Engineering Department and Dean of the School of Mines and Engineering. Even retired, the name of the 77-year-old Knutson is still a big one on the hill. Thanks to a $100,000 gift from Jeff and Brenda Stibbard, a room at Montana Tech Student Success Center is named in Knutson's honor. In 2019, then-Chancellor Don Blackheader awarded the Chancellor's Medallion to Knutson. Among the many impacts to the university Blackheader cited in giving the award was Knutson leading the charge and gaining approval for standalone mechanical, electrical, and civil engineering programs, Montana Tech's first Ph.D. in material science, establishing the Underground Mine Education Center, and advising a large number of graduate students. Knutson was also the longtime director of the Montana Tech Alumni Band. He still performs with the Butte Symphony. This weekend, you can get an up-close look at Knutson's passion for minerals and gems, You will get a chance to see that from the members of the Butte Mineral and Gem Club as well. The show will feature 39 member displays. 
Tom Harmon of Savage loaned his fantastic display of Montana agate to Montana Tech, and that display will be part of the show at the Civic Center. Master Napper Ed Guillen will put on a demonstration, and 18 retail dealers of fine jewelry, minerals, fossils, and gems will be on hand. There will also be a kids' corner and a silent auction. Admission is just $3, and children under 12 will be admitted for free. The show runs from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday and from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Sunday. I plan to check things out on Sunday after I watch Butte High play in the state baseball tournament on Saturday. If you are in town for the tournament and looking for some time to kill in between games, this seems about perfect. Yesterday, I met with Dr. Knudsen at the M&M Dose for a fun conversation about his passion for minerals and gems, his days in college and in the Navy, and his career at Montana Tech. Check it out, and maybe I'll see you Sunday at the show. Do you request people call you doctor, or do you rather be called Pete? Pete. Because <laughs> I'd rather be called doctor, and I barely got a bachelor's degree from yeah, the University of Montana. Yeah. I, if, I, if I had a doctor title on it, I'd be. Yeah, well. I'd be like the maestro from Seinfeld, you know, call me maestro. Yeah, on my professional stuff, I'm doctor, but <laughs> for well, everybody else, I'm Pete. <laughs> yeah, now, this is a busy time of year for you. You got the, the was it Butte Mineral and Gym show coming up this Yes. This weekend. This Saturday and Sunday. Has this just been crazy getting ready? For me, it has been, yes. <laughs> I think the rest of the club also. Yeah. Yeah. How many people are in the club? It really varies, but I think right now about 60. Really? Yeah. And of all ages, too, because little Lonnie's 10 years old and he's working hard. Right. And there's um, we have a nine-year-old now, too. Oh, so Lonnie's not even the youngest. That's no, all. no. Lonnie's been teaching him the ropes, so. Yeah, you, is that, that's got to make you feel pretty good to see as, oh, you yeah. know, somebody who loves uh, gems and rocks. Yeah, it's been quite a while since we've had a youngster in the club, and uh, Lonnie really likes to go down to the lapidary shop and cut and polish stones, and, and he's getting very, very good at it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could never do any of that course. I told you I barely got through geology class at the University of Montana. Because I, I, I'm not totally colorblind, but I'm enough colorblind that it was so hard to see those streaks on that white, that white plate. Yeah. It was almost impossible for me. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, that's something that, you, of course, you just they have always loved, right? Oh, yeah. Since I was Lonnie's age. Yeah. So it was, uh, was it your love for that, that stuff that led you to education or your education that kind of turned you on to that? No, I was a mineral collector, rock collector. You know, from when I was very young. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I was also interested in, in music. And when I got through high school, I was trying to decide, do I want to be an engineer or musician? And my high school band director said, I'd be a better engineer. <laughs> <laughs> so pushed you that way. And, and you pulled off both, though. Yes, I did. Over your career. Yes. Yeah, so. Of course, we all know that name, uh, Dr. Pete Knudsen. You know, now the national anthem under by the Montana Tech Alumni Band under the direction of Dr. Pete Knudsen for what was it, thirty some years? Yes, yes, uh, thirty years exactly, almost. Really? Yeah. And then, uh, and you do you still play with the uh, the band at all? No, I don't play with the band, but I play with the Butte Symphony here. Yeah. And, uh, what do you play? Oh, trombone. Trombone. Bass trombone at the Butte Symphony. So. 
been doing that for quite a few years too. Yeah, that's gonna, something you can. Once you get into the symphony, there you're never getting out, right? Is that how that works? No, good symphony. No, you you, <laughs> you you can leave. You know, they they prefer it in a body bag or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. <laughs> it's like Hotel California. You can check out any time you like. Yeah, but you can yeah. never leave. No, it, I enjoy playing in it, so I, that's good. Yeah. Now, the, now the gym show. That's of course it's Sunday and Monday, or, or Saturday, Sunday. If I get my days right, yeah. Sunday, Monday used to be my weekend. And uh, what, what do people expect there when you go, when you go to a gym show? Well, we have our members are putting in thirty nine displays of their collections, and that's always interesting to see what the local people what they collect and what yeah what displays. We'll have 18 retail dealers. Uh, you can buy fine jewelry. You can buy uh, cutting rough. Uh, you can buy mineral specimens, fossils, uh, all sorts of things. Beads. Yeah. You know, beads have been real popular now for the last 10 or 15 years. And so our dealers will have a little bit of everything in the, the rocks, minerals, jewelry, lapidary fields. So they'll have everything. We have Tom Harmon from Savage, Montana. He has uh, been selling agates, Montana agates, for over 60 years. And he's loaned a display to Montana Tech. It's at the Mineral Museum up there. And so we'll have that display there at the show. And he's also going to be a dealer there. And he'll bring... I don't know how many tons he'll bring, but he'll bring lots of Montana agate for sale, cabochons. He does really nice carvings of Montana agate, yeah. and he does great jewelry and sets Montana agate in uh, silver and gold and accents it with uh, Yogo sapphires. So his his booth is always really neat. Yeah, and you get, of course, you get people of all ages to come to this. Yes. As well, you get to little kids and. Old, old, old men and women yep. coming. Well, admissions $3 for adults, but kids under 12 are free. Yeah. And one of the nice things about the show, I think, is we have a whole area devoted to kids. I mean, you can go in and one of the popular things is we have buckets of gravel that contain sapphires and garnets yeah. and they can go in and screen and get probably as many garnets as they want and a few sapphires. Uh, I gave them about a pound and a half of sapphires to mix in this year so that ought to be sort of excited. One thing new we have in the kids area is they can break a Mexican coconut. It's a geode. They're hollow and we have a special breaker and you never quite know what's going to be inside yeah. could be quartz it could be amethyst or could be calcite could be all of the above yeah, and they're real real neat and we have the of course grab bags all the kids like to buy a grab bag and those have tumbled stones crystals and other things in them i didn't assemble them this year so i don't know exactly know yeah. what's in them <laughs> Well, I, I would love. I can't believe I've never been to this, you know, because I was looking back and it's been going since at least the '60s. Oh yes, yes. Uh, the, the club, 
The club actually started back in 1936. Yeah, it's long been time that ago. long ago. Yeah. And you weren't around quite yet then. No, no. The, the first show I went to in Butte was in 1964, and the club hosted a Northwest Federation of Metallurgical Societies show, and they must have had 25 commercial dealers and over 100 exhibits. And, of course, back then, Butte was quite a bit larger. Yeah. But that main arena was full of people all of the time. It was a great show and really opened my eyes. Of course, I was coming to Butte that fall, but uh, that was really the first time I spent a lot of time in Butte was at that show. Right. And three dollars to get in. That's you guys. This isn't a money making thing. This that's probably just to cover the cost because I, I was looking back. It's been three dollars for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and this year we're having it in the main arena, which gives us a tremendous amount of room. But it also comes with a higher cost. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys got booted from the auxiliary gym there by uh, Harrison Ford and the crew, right? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. They have a lot of stuff in the annex, I'll tell you. So. But, yeah, so there's a lot, lot more room. Has it ever been in that arena before? Well, the, the Northwest Federation show that we had in 64, right. we had one in 2007 and one in 2013. So th those have all been in oh. the main arena. Yeah. And those were all very large shows, and uh, people from the clubs all over the Northwest would come to that show. Yeah. So is this your favorite time of year then, when you get to put this show on? Well, it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably Monday's your favorite time then, right? Yeah. It's all yeah. Over. No, no, but I, no, I enjoy doing it. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's fun to see the. Hopefully, it'll come out successfully. Yeah. We need all the Butte people to come and take a look at it. Is it mostly Montana stuff people are going to see? Or will you see from no, all no, they'll, they'll see things from all over. I'm bringing an exhibit of what we call thumbnail minerals, uh, but there'll be minerals from Mexico, uh, all over Europe, the United States, Arizona, you know, worldwide locations. Yeah. And uh, I do have one exhibit of just quartz crystals from Montana localities and that was shown down at the big Tucson show in February yeah. and it's going to be shown at the American Federation Mineralogical Society show in Billings in August so it's a very popular display and now you you go out quite a bit looking for minerals do, do you how, how often do you I think you were out yesterday weren't you you were planning on going yesterday uh, the day before the day yes, before yeah, okay yeah, yeah I haven't been able to go much this spring. I mean, the weather's been crappy. Yeah, a lot of snow in the mountains still. Well, and got a late start, I mean, because of the weather and everything and cleaning up the yard. And yeah. Wife makes me clean the yard <laughs> before I can go out. Before you got to do your chores before you can go play? Yeah. <laughs> is, is that the best time of spring, a better time of year to find them than like summer or uh, fall, or is it just depending? No, the, the, the time doesn't make any difference, but... Uh, you can't find them in the winter, uh, yeah. unless you go to Arizona. But uh, around Butte, it doesn't really make any difference. I mean, it, in August, it doesn't get that hot here yeah. that, that you can't collect. If you're in eastern Montana, you don't want to go collect in August. It's too damn hot. Yeah. Do you go down Crystal Park? Because the Crystal Park wouldn't be Crystal Park without the, the Gem Club, right? Well, the 
two members of the gym club in 1959 uh, staked that Emil Shalini and uh, can't think of the lawyer's name, but they staked the original claims at Crystal Park to preserve it for hobbyists. Yeah. And in 1983, it was some commercial dealers wanted to come in and stake around the area. And so we went out and staked a square mile and then made it into a recreational rockhound area that is administered by the Forest Service. So that's protected one square mile of it down there. Yeah. So commercial diggers can't go there. Yeah, I imagine they'd love to get their hands on that because you can, you go up there with the shovel, it doesn't, it doesn't take you long to find a pretty cool little crystal. No, no, no. Which it's amazing no. that they're still up there. Yeah. After all these years, people digging for crystals. You just dig through the piles where someone was digging earlier and you're going to find something. Right, right. And then some people dig down 10, 12 feet. They go that far. Yeah. They're not supposed to, but they do. <laughs> they do it anyway, yeah. <laughs> no one's watching and you, you, what can you do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, was there a, was there a rocker a fossil or something you found as a kid that really jumped into this, made you, made you love this, uh, this search for, for more? Well, I like fossils, and I got a, a love for fossils when I was young in high school, basically. Yeah. Uh, there, there's not a lot of crystals really around Great Falls, but there's a lot of fossils. And so I found a lot of fossils then. But I also found some barite crystals out near the little town of Stanford, Montana. Mm -hmm. and one of my neighbor's grandfathers took me out there and showed me where to find some really nice barite crystals. And to this day, I still go out there about once a year and oh, really? collect good crystals. That was probably the really the first good mineral specimens were barite there. Yeah. I found a lot of fossils. I, I went to a, a science camp in Oregon they call the Oregon put on by the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry. It was called Camp Hancock. And when I went, you could go dig fossils there, but what was unique about it is they had what they called the Carno nut bed. And you could find like walnuts, fossilized walnuts. Yeah. You could find the peach pits fossils, and really? they, they looked exactly like a peach pit, except they were ragged. You could find little raspberry seeds. You could find all sorts of really neat fossils there. I was wanting to find a fossil. Of course, we were always digging and playing in mine dumps, so we weren't going to find anything there <laughs> but other than uh, fool's gold, as we used to call it. Well, once in a while, you find a good thing around here. Yeah. yeah. You must have to have pretty good patience to go looking for rocks. Well, it's good exercise. Yeah, it, yeah I've been successful. I mean, I'm not the world's best mineral collector, but I find good things. And, yeah. And so that's, yeah, that's fun. Do you have a, uh, a metal detector or anything like that when you go, or you just go out with a shovel, just a hunch? No, yeah, no, metal detectors don't help much. It's that looking you're for, for, for garbage stuff. there, yeah. But, yeah. but you, ever, you never do that mineral or for metal detectors looking for other stuff like that? No, my wife has one, and she's used it, but... I've never found a piece of gold with it, so. <laughs> you find pieces of gold a lot, too? No, 
No, never. <laughs> never. You never uh, got to stake a claim for a gold mine. No. Uh, I did come to Butte when I was in high school uh, to that 1964 show, and they had a field trip uh, led by uh, Marcus Pruitt and Emil Shalini, and they went up to the Stratton's gold mine in the Highlands. Yeah. And we panned gold up there, and of course I wasn't finding anything. And Marcus Pruitt came over, and he was showing me how to run the pan. And miraculously, this nice little gold nugget appeared in my pan. Yeah, how about that? Huh? Yeah, I know he put it there. But yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a piece of gold, right? Yeah. And did you go to Great Falls High? I did. I graduated in 1964. Right. And so you're up in Great Falls, like I said, there's lots of fossils in that area. There's, of course, there's dinosaurs up there in that area. There is. You know, so did you ever find any uh, any paleontology stuff like that when you're fossils? Uh, yeah. Occasionally dinosaur bones west of town or fragments of them. Yeah. And then uh, out towards Stanford, my wife and I found uh, about a quarter of a plesiosaur out there. No kidding. Huh? Yeah. We didn't find the head or the flippers. We just found the sort of the main body of it. That must be cool that something that's that old yeah. to hold in your hands like that. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Now, uh, did you know you were going to come to Montana Tech? Was that always something you, you, you and then the engineering side? Yeah, I knew I was wanted to be either a geological engineer or a mining engineer. Yeah. In, in the state, that's the only place to do that. That was the only one then? Uh, yeah, yeah. Only real option? Yeah, there was never any option to go to Bozeman. Yeah. Now, did, did you like Butte right away? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Good mineral collecting here. Yeah. So it was, it was right in your wheelhouse all the way? Yep. Casa Grande Steakhouse serves steak and so much more. You cannot beat their seasoned, hand-cut Rocky Mountain ground beef. But did you know about their menu filled with made-to-order pastas, chicken sautés, mouth-watering seafood, appetizers, enticing desserts, or their most recent addition, sushi? Thursday nights are sushi nights at Casa Grandas, where you will be welcomed as a part of the family. Casa Grandas can also handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Visit Casa Grande Steakhouse inside the historic Bertoglio Warehouse at 801 South Utah Avenue in Uptown Butte. Call 406-723-4141 for reservations. Check out their menu at casagrandesteakhouse.com. Casa Grande Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat. Shop where the champions shop at Dig City Supply. The Fan Gear headquarters for all things Montana Tech is right across the street from the Uptown Parking Garage on Park Street. Not only can you get your Charlie Ore Digger fix, but we carry the area's largest selection of Montana and Montana State apparel, as well as Butte High, Butte Central, and all the elementary school gear. Dig City is also home to the exclusive licensed Butte Icon shirt collection. We partnered with cherished Butte institutions to offer one-of-a-kind graphic tees from places like the Silverbow Drive-In, Beef Trail Ski Area, Bonanza Freeze, and our brand new Evil Knievel designs. Head uptown to Park Street and check out Dig City Supply and find us online at digcitysupply.com. Is your house too cold or is it too hot? Either way, Lockmer Sheet Metal is here to help. With more than 40 years of experience in the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning trade, Lockmer Sheet Metal strives to bring quality service and knowledgeable work to help with your HVAC projects or needs. 
Buckmer Sheet Metal offers repair services for all forced air central air systems, installation of new HVAC systems, service contracts for maintenance and service, all residential and commercial applications, fabrication of sheet metal for all types of projects and ventilation and exhaust systems, as well as commercial heating and cooling. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerSheetMetal.com to warm up or cool down with Lockmer Sheet Metal, your local dealer for train heating, cooling, air handling, and ventilation products. Remember Lockmer Sheet Metal for all your home heating and cooling needs. Lone Peak Physical Therapy is your premier privately owned physical therapy, occupational therapy, certified hand therapy, pelvic health, and personal training facility located right here in beautiful Butte, Montana. With over 21 years of experience, our team here at Lone Peak is hyper-focused on you, your goals, and finding a way to help you get better, faster. We provide one-on-one -on -one care with the highest quality specialized services. Are you tired of dealing with your low back pain, arthritis, carpal tunnel, neck pain, headaches, and shoulder pain? Did you just have a recent surgery? Do you struggle with feeling off balance or do you get dizzy during your day? How about a custom splint built for your hand and wrist? Did you recently have a baby and now your body feels tremendously foreign to you? Look no further. We are here for you and ready to help you move better and feel better every step of the way. You do not need a doctor's referral to come in and see us. We accept health insurance and also offer comprehensive self-pay options. Don't settle for mediocre healthcare. Your journey to living better and getting back to doing what you love can start today. Give us a call at 406-494-7050 or visit our website at LonePeakPT.com to speak to an expert now. Chris graduated from Tech four years later. Yep. 68th. And then you went, uh, now what's the Atomic Energy Commission? You worked at the Atomic Energy Commission. Yeah, just for a real short time until uh, our draft board in Great Falls found me. Yeah. And so <laughs> instead of getting drafted into the Army, I uh, enlisted in the Navy and went to officer candidate school. And I was in the Navy from 1969 to 72. Yeah. As an officer, so, yeah. so it was just an enlisted man. I was a bit beach master. Uh, I had the Beachmaster team. I took them overseas in 1971 and was part of an amphibious ready group off the coast of Vietnam for a year. Really? Is that, that was the days before the SEALs, right? Was there Navy SEALs yet? Oh, no, they had the Navy SEALs. They were stationed at the same base there. I was in at Coronado. Oh, really? In fact, uh, my team, we had two what they called LARCs. They're an amphibious vehicle, and the SEALs always wanted to, us to take them out to the waters off of Coronado and where they could do their uh, dives. Yeah. And uh, they always brought up abalone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they wanted to do, yeah. was go out and get the abalone. So. Yeah. So that worked out pretty well then, the Navy for you for the three years? Yeah. Beats the heck out of drafted by the army at that that time well i got the i got in country every month uh, mostly we went in a country to pick up river boats and take them back to subic bay uh, you know never got shot at so that part was good and we never had an amphibious operation in vietnam we were prepared for them we had practice landings all over the pacific you name a weird island i've probably been there <laughs> Well, that's kind of the cool thing about the Navy is you get a, you see the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, Japan, Thailand, or not Thailand, but uh, Taiwan, and of course, several places in the Philippines. And even went to Zamboanga. You know where that is? I have no idea. There used to be a song about the monkeys have no tail in Zamboanga. <laughs> it's it's on a southern island of the Philippines. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting uh, place. It's mostly uh, Muslims. Yeah, or, did you collect any minerals when you were there? No, no, <laughs> no. I, I did buy some pretty neat uh, old antique stuff down there, though. Yeah. Did you, did you ever get to go collecting minerals in other countries then when you were on that, or did you? In the Navy, no. You just never no, never had time, no. probably. Yeah. No, we were on the beach all the time, and there's no minerals on the beach. No. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> fish. Yeah. My men did like to fish. Yeah. In Okinawa, they there's what they call green or white beach, and uh, beautiful beach. And, uh, we had a few days just to rest and relaxation while we were waiting for the Marines. And men went down to this white beach and there was a bunch of Okinawan fishermen down there. And so they, they took their gear down there and didn't catch anything. But when they were reeling in, there was a huge tug on it. Not really a tug, but it was just really hard to reel in. And they had gotten tangled up in a 25-pound lobster. No kid, 25-pound lobster? Yeah, which isn't uncommon in uh, Okinawa there. And, uh, so wow. they, the, that's a big lobster. Yeah, in the Okinawa, they were just excited about it. So my men gave it to them. No, oh, did they? Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> they, they knew what to do with it. The yeah. officer club had a stuffed one that was originally 28 pounds, and it was about 30 inches long. Out. Just a huge lobster. You see something like that, you take off running. <laughs> yeah. Well, I understand that eating those is not like the lobster you might get in Maine. Yeah. It's uh, maybe more like eating a buffalo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? As big as a buffalo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 30 pounds. Yeah. Well, as tough as a buffalo. Yeah. What, what was your rank when you left the Navy? A lieutenant. Uh, yeah. It's same as a Nate or as a army captain yeah does it better be lieutenant or doctor well i became a doctor after <laughs> the lieutenant. No, it, uh, when i was in the navy and came back from overseas the men and i gave him two weeks off and i came back to montana to pick up the wife and then we went back down to Coronado and you know to find a place to live yeah and got back into the base and the commanding officer said don't go find a place to live and I said why he says well the war's winding down we don't need officers so you're done no, <laughs> take a hike huh? <laughs> yeah. didn't bother me yeah I bet yeah getting it's kind of what you dream about when you're in the military probably is the day you get to get out yeah well uh, at least according to MASH, <laughs> which is most of my military expertise comes from MASH. Yeah. Uh, 11 seasons or whatever it was. And then you went to University of Arizona and you finished with uh, what you got. That's where you got your master's and doctorate. Yes. In, yeah. uh, in mining engineering. In mining engineering, yeah. And uh, my field of expertise was really in geostatistics. 
yeah. which bridged the geological and the mining areas. So, and at that time, there weren't many people doing it, so it worked out well for me. I got an expertise and able to. I've consulted all over the world. Yeah, you know, I made. 36 consulting trips to Australia, for instance. Really? Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I was going to go around the world. And uh, so you taught there for a little bit, and then you get called. How did you end up coming back to tech to to teach? Well, I taught at the University of Arizona for four years, and I was going to really thought about staying down there because I really liked Arizona. And, but the dean of the school down there, he said, you know, he and I talked quite a bit about what my plans would be, and he basically said he thought that the regents were going to close the mining program, and it probably wouldn't be a good career decision for me to stay there. Really? So I, I'd always thought I might like to teach in Montana, so I applied and accepted up here, and sort of interesting the, the starting salary up here was higher than it was in Arizona really yeah and cheaper to live up here I'd imagine yeah it was although I had a house and everything down yeah. there yeah you know, it was I had a really nice house down there yeah. so. well that, that turned out to be a pretty good move for you and and Montana Tech yeah both it seemed I like hope. a pretty good fit right yeah and uh, and of course, you look at what that school's done today. You, you look at the people it's turned out, the things it's done. You know, I think uh, quarterback Eric Jacobson. I always say he stuck his finger in the in the in the leak, saved the world down there in the Gulf of Mexico. It, it's got to be pretty cool to see what Montana Tech graduates do and and know that you you were part of that. Oh yeah, yeah. We, you know, I know more about the mining engineering graduates, but the, yeah. they've been so successful. You know, I mean, of course, the petroleum graduates we know have been successful. I mean, like the, the recent gift of $30 million is... 31, you know, how about that? 31, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a testament to what he believed his education uh, did for him. And, uh, but uh, I was on uh, with Ron Davis the other day, and uh, we were talking before the show about his son, but his son's been doing really well. Yeah, he's doing great down here. Nevada, you know, and so Ron's a great believer in Montana Tech and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's an amazing school. I went there a year. I knew I wanted to go into journalism, and I was not interested much in the sciences or the or the the math. <laughs> but uh, mm -hmm. you know, and it was probably a good thing. But you know, I was just a different calling. But I did go. Uh, Tom uh, Lester. I went to see him. He was my first advisor. Oh, okay. When we had a, they had a day where Butte High students went up to Montana Tech, and then we registered for classes. And I had a meet with Tom, and uh, I sat down across from him. He looks at the schedule. He goes, this is a pretty good schedule for a freshman. He goes, what's your plans? I said, well, I'm going to come here for a year, get some basics out of the way, then I'm going to transfer to DUM and go into journalism. He says, he kind of looked at me, paused, and then looked at me and says, uh, what do you have against eating? <laughs> <laughs> and I always think back, what. Well, Maybe I should have listened to Mr. Lester and uh, went into some kind of engineering there, toughed it out. But uh, I'm not sure I would have got through it. Well, th those days we didn't have 
all the other choices either, you know, yeah. but, uh, you know, they, they, you could have taken all Bill Chance's uh, courses. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, a lot of those choices, you, you were behind a lot of the more of the choices as it opened up up there. Oh, yeah. You know, I supported the expansion. I mean, cause it, it's been good for Montana Tech. You know, you know even the sounded sort of weird to me that they wanted to get into nursing but that program has been so good to Montana Tech and, yeah you know nationally ranked and thing and those nurses have done a wonderful job yeah yeah you know, and, uh, a lot of students there that would have gone somewhere else but no they stay in Butte yeah and of course you knew Montana Tech's not going to do anything that isn't the right way you know they're going to go all out so you, you probably knew that they would do it but I did, uh, I found a story I was looking through when you were in college, and it was talking about adding more programs to Montana Tech then. And it quoted you as saying something about, you know, they're talking about bringing liberal arts programs, degrees and stuff. And, and so they've been, that, that was a topic for a long time, expanding the fields of interest for Montana Tech. Right, right. But, uh, of course, the liberal arts didn't ever really, no, really catch no, up. No, but we had... Uh a variation of it, you know, so, at least for a while. Yeah. And you were you were the head of the mining engineering department for, it's, you know, for a few years or six years, and you were the dean of the School of Mines and Engineering for 21 years plus or, or thereabouts. I don't think it was quite that long, but yeah. quite a while, yeah. And uh, well, what, are you, what are you most proud about during your time then? What did you do that like to be remembered for oh well you know i'm proud of all the graduates that yeah. we had we you know i think we did a great job i'm proud of uh one point in in that time period we our enrollment had dipped down so i started uh got national science foundation grant to start bringing high school students and their teachers to tech and I hired, uh, with the help of the foundation, I hired uh, our own recruiter for the School of Mines and Engineering and hired him for four or five years. And in that period, we boosted our enrollment from 700 to 1,400 in the School of Mines. That's kind of a big, big right. boost. Right, right. And, uh, it, uh, it worked out really well, but that was support from the National Science Foundation and the, uh, the Montana Tech Foundation that did that. And it was money really well spent. I mean, getting 700 additional students. Yeah. That, that pays for a lot of freight. <laughs> yeah. That's the name of the game is having a lot of students up at those. Oh, yeah. Well, you've got to have students in order to have faculty. Yeah. So, now, how about the, the Orphan Boy Mine? That's that mine there right by the mining muse museum there, which uh, I think Tech is the only school that you can go in and get hands-on kind of look at underground mine. Well, that, that's not true. Yeah. Uh, University of Arizona, when I was teaching down there, we... You should say one of the only. Anyway. <laughs> we, 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 we had a small mine close to Tech, about 15 miles away, or, to the U of A that, yeah. that we use for instruction. We, we didn't have hands-on mining experience there. 
the Colorado School of Mines, of course, has the Edgar Mine, where they do a lot of research, okay. and they do have uh, online, and their mine has been in existence for a long, long time. But the, the orphan boy here in Orphan Girl Complex, uh, you know, that, that opportunity came up, and I thought it'd be a great opportunity. Uh, Larry Hoffman and I, we, we, we jumped down the orphan boy shaft one time and looked at it and said, it won't take much to drive a decline to open up the 100-foot level and make a training facility. So we did that, opened it up, and we started training students down there. And, uh, of course, I eventually retired, but and I, you know, gave that operation off to other faculty, mainly Scott Rosenthal, who's now the department head. But they they've quadrupled the size of that mine since yeah. I've been down there. Really? They, they just yeah, they just keep making it bigger and bigger, and of course the tours from the mining museum you know they go underground there you, yeah. you can get a great tour there and i don't know what the mining museum charges but uh, it's been really good for the museum and for tech yeah. and our students really love it it's where they practice for the you know we, they have a mining competition each year and that's where they practice and, uh, next year they're trying to raise money to go to australia again so there's always fun in motion at the Big Red Barn. Old-fashioned service, that's what sets us apart. Where you can win and laugh out loud. The Hokey Pokey is what it's all about. Where neighborhood people have good old-fashioned fun. There's always something here for everyone. Everybody knows the place to go. Crazy Carol's Casino and Mill Bar. 5518 Designs is your Montana Lifestyle Apparel Headquarters in Uptown Butte. We're gearing up to launch all of our brand new designs for the summer. All our designs are created in-house, actually in the cabin that we have in the back of the store, and they're meant to get you psyched about all your summer adventures. Whether it's biking, hiking, floating, festivaling, or just chilling lakeside, we've got the tees, hats, hoodies, and gifts that everyone is sure to love. And we haven't even mentioned our unique line of Butte gear, but we'll save that for another commercial. In the meantime, stop into 5518 Designs at 27 North Main Street in Uptown Butte and shop online at shop5518.com. Are you looking for somewhere to watch your favorite teams play or just somewhere to meet your friends? Or are you looking for a place to hold your big celebration or cater your private event? Look no further than Metal's Sports Bar and Grill. They can do it all. With their 31 big screen televisions, you will not miss a second of action and a full menu of cooked-to-perfection favorites is sure to please. Try the Vault Burger, raise fingers, or one of Chef T's specialty items. Or just enjoy a drink and some friendly company with Dave and the staff as you take in the action at Metal Sports Bar & Grill. Metal Sports Bar & Grill is located on the corner of Park and Main in historic Uptown Butte. Stop by today or check out their menu at metalsportsbarandgrill.com. Metal Sports Bar & Grill, where the food is the star. There's no story so good that a drink from Park Street Liquors won't make it better. From the finest whiskeys and regional spirits to the latest RTDs and select wines, Park Street Liquors has all the ingredients to make your parties and stories legendary. 
Park Street Liquors can also assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menus. You name it and Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew at 133 West Park Street or call 406-782-6278. Make your stories legendary. Visiting your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops was already your favorite stop of the day. Now, it is even better. Join the brand new Thriftway Loyalty Club to rack up big discounts, earn free stuff, and receive more TLC with every visit. Download the TLC app and take advantage of great deals on pizza, grab-and-go favorites, fresh brewed coffee, cool fountain drinks, and much, much more at your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops. Loyalty Club members also save five cents per gallon off top-tier conical fuel every single day. Plus, earn points at the pump and in the store. Well, that's got to be really big for the students to have something like that. I mean, because you can, you can read all about mining and doing it, but you get down there and you, you see what they're, you're talking about, it probably helps quite a bit. Well, going underground and doing work underground uh, sort of takes away the fear of, I mean, when you're a freshman, you know, gee, do I want to go underground, or, you know? But uh, once you've done it and know what you're doing correctly, what good roof support is, I mean, underground mines aren't dangerous. They're really neat and fascinating. And uh, so her students, a lot of them take jobs at big underground mines, and, you know, just like Ron Davis' son who works underground and yeah. works at open pits, but we have a lot of people up at the Pogo mine in Alaska. It's a huge underground mine. Yeah. Almost totally staffed by Montana Tech alumni. And uh, when I was in Arizona, I leased a small property down there and mined it underground for two years. Oh, really? For, for uh, mined lead ore and mineral specimens. Okay. Now, you... You probably could have made a lot more money going out working for mining companies. What made you stay to be a teacher at Tech? Oh, well, I, a professor, I should say. Te I, be a teacher. Well, because I liked yeah. it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I guess I could say I loved it, but uh, you know, there's at times thinking, hmm, what if I'd stayed in Arizona and gone to work for one of the big companies? You know, yeah, I'd probably be a lot wealthier yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, hire uh, someone to clean that yard for you yeah so do it yeah, yourself yeah but no no the, my career's been great yeah yeah it seems like you've of course a nice long career in the place the field that you love i mean it's hard to mm -hmm. it's hard to beat that you know if you love what you're doing you know it's not really work they always say and you know if i'd stayed down it's like teaching at arizona there there's no way i could have ever been associated with the band yeah now, was there a band when you were in school at, at tech oh yes and yeah. you played in that band yes was it an alumni band then or was it no uh, no no, just no. A it was band? just uh actually joe trethaway at that time uh, we, we had two different directors we had the guy that ran the, one of the flower shops here in town and i can't remember his name but then joe trethaway was there for a few years too so but it was small, probably maybe 10, 10 or 12 yeah. people. So, And uh, actually, you know, towards when I first got involved, Joe, Joe had asked a lot of uh, 
his old friends and stuff to be in the band. But it was, they all sort of left pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, so there weren't many alumni in it, uh, you know, at, at the end. In fact, none. I mean, but when I got it up to 33 members, there weren't any alumni in it. So, really? Thir- yeah. Is that as big as you had it, 33? Yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's when I retired. It was 33 at that and time. And that was all students? Yeah. Really? That, okay. yes. when, I, when I was at my year at Tech, or the years I remember watching, you know, you know, some of the older people were in the band. Mm-hmm. They weren't Tech students. It was yeah. always a good band. Yeah. And so, and, uh, yeah, all the, think of all the national anthems that you played over the years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and school songs. Schools. And, you know, I tried to find a recording for the, the tech song. Yeah. And yeah, I can't find it anywhere. Like Matt Steppen couldn't find one. We were going to use it for John Wick's uh, Big City Supply Store for is, the commercial. Is that right? And oh. I don't know if anyone has a recorded version of the Montana Tech Fight Song. I do not have one. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that all those years that must have played it thousands of times right right it did <laughs> <laughs> did, did you like playing at the games oh yeah yeah is that yeah, is that no. the best part about being in the band of the games no i you know i like playing at the games and uh, i really like putting on concerts too you know, we put yeah. on two concerts a year uh, students probably didn't have time to do any more than that yeah. we put on a christmas concert and one in the spring yeah. so, those were always good and the pit band was always fun i mean because you know tech has good athletic programs and you know it's fun to get the crowd roaring yeah do you go to the tech game still i haven't but lately no yeah probably because you're out looking for rocks on those saturdays (laughs) right right yeah yeah so uh, a few years ago uh chancellor blackheader awarded you the chancellor's medallion and that's that's like an award that's just not given out all the time. No, no, I mean, I, it's just I was pleased about that. Yeah, that had to feel feel pretty special. Yeah, and then at the same time, uh, one of the alumni gave a, a gift. You know, when they were building the the new student building down there on campus, yeah. uh, one of the alumni gave a gift, and they named one of the rooms down there the yeah. Pete Knutson Room. Which that's got to feel pretty cool. Now, now that was Jeff and Brenda with Stibbard. Yeah. Now you, you must have had a pr- pretty profound uh, impact on a student to give that kind of a donation to name uh, a, a room after you. Yeah, Je- Jeff and I have been good friends for a long, long time. Yeah. 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 Still keep in contact. Uh, he's got a dynamic company that he runs. Well, what do they do at the Dr. Pete Knutson training room? What, well, it's what, not what, a training room. It's just a it? room in the... Uh, oh, is it? I don't know what they call that building, but that new building where the all the student activities yeah. are. Student Success Center. Yeah, and I, I think it's mainly like a study room. Oh, is that the building that's where, where the baseball infield or the grandstands were? Right there yes. by, yeah, between the football yeah. field and the it, It's just complex. east of the... Hyper complex. Yeah, there. that's yeah. a beautiful building. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they have small study groups in there. They they might have meetings in there and things like that. So. Yeah, but that's sort of neat. I get comments from various people. Uh, oh, we just took a tour down around here. You know, some parents or something like that. I said, "Are you Pete Knudsen? Yeah, <laughs> you just saw your room." <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. I'd, 
and nicest building on campus now too. Yeah. Where did you teach at Tech? What building were you in? Oh, at, at Tech. Yeah. Oh, always in the mining geology building. Which one is that? When you're off the statue. Well, it's where the president's office has been. Oh, okay. So you another side dr- there. Dr- drive. You drive just past the statue. So I didn't pay that much attention when I was a year up at Tech, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you probably didn't I stayed have away any, from the mining and engineering building. I know yeah, that. you probably didn't have any classes in there. Although, you could have had a history of civ or something like in there, because it's got a one big classroom in there that lots of different groups use. But yeah, yeah, I don't think I was there. Did you have the same room for all those years you were there, or did you get? No, no, it depends how. The same office and all that. Oh no, several different offices. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you move around, teach different different buildings all the time. No. They're not different buildings, different rooms, or yeah. Yeah, always taught in the mining geology building, but yeah. depending how big the class was, whatever classroom fit. Yeah. Did you get how big were your biggest classes that you get? Well, when I was teaching uh, freshman engineering, uh, some of those classes would have 90 students in them. Really? So those would be in the mining geology building. We we have one room in there that will hold over 90 students. Yeah. So. What what was your teaching style that 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 was so successful? Or any idea? No. Uh, sometimes I think it's because I prepared good lectures. Yeah. I, I really don't know. But why. you were teaching. It's not an easy subject. Probably easy for you, I guess. But uh, I can't imagine any of the engineering, mining, engineering classes being a cakewalk you go and just do the basics and get an A I mean that's a, that's a tough class well, some of them are but uh, you know when you're a professor I mean you you prepare for the class and you hopefully have a textbook there's not many t- mining textbooks out there so when you prepare you're using a lot of reference material and putting together your own notes and so in that respect it's a little different than teaching an English class. Yeah. Yeah, there's history book, you know, you did, yeah. there's the right textbook. Yeah, re- read chapters one through five by tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite work that way in history <laughs> or in, uh, in, in engineering. So I, it doesn't work in history either. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't work. Right? Well, so, uh, so what are you looking forward to most th- for this weekend then with this uh, well, I hope, gym show? I hope that we have good attendance and, you know, I hope the, the public is satisfied with what they see in exhibits and what we're bringing for commercial dealers. I hope they enjoy their time there. I mean, we've put a lot of work into uh, put together what I think is going to be one of the better shows in Montana. So. And are there a lot of shows around the state during the year? Yes. Well, in Western Montana, we're the sixth show this year. Oh, really? Have you been Hamil- to the other ones? Oh, uh, I went to Missoula, Hamilton, Missoula. Helen and I went to Bozeman just this last weekend. So maybe we're only five, but yeah. uh, all those have very active clubs. And, and then later on this year, there'll be a sh- show in uh, Great Falls. And then in August, there'll be a large show down in Billings. And this is going to be one of the better ones, you said, or the, the best one? 
Oh, well, we have the best displays. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations to this week's Lesk of our Honda Athletes of the Week, Butte High's Taylor Dracos and Jimmy Blow. Dracos, a junior outfielder, takes home the girls' honor after a big week for the Bulldog softball team. Dracos roped a single to score teammate Maddie Jonart with the go-ahead run in the sixth inning of Butte High's 2-1 win at Bozeman. Blow, a senior infielder, takes home the boys' award after having a big game to help Butte High pull off a 7-1 senior day win over Dillon at Three Legends Stadium. Blow worked a walk, drove in a run, scored a run, and dropped a sacrifice bunt in the victory. Congratulations, Taylor and Jimmy, and thank you, Lescovar Honda, for recognizing the hardworking student-athletes of the Mining City. Hey, Butte America, John Davis here at Lescovar Honda. We just received a new shipment of cars, trucks, and SUVs, and we have them priced to move. Our new vehicles come with a 20-year, 200,000-mile warranty and two years or 24,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. Most of our pre-owned vehicles come with the same 20-year, 200,000-mile warranty with most makes and models on our lot. And, of course, all prices are clearly marked. Stop on down and see us. Lesk of our Honda. Are you looking for a place to host a special event or a party? Or just looking for a drink served by the best mixologist in town? Look no further than 51 Below Speakeasy and Casino. Take a step back in time and enjoy some of our signature cocktails such as an old-fashioned or a pink mate. Stop in for happy hour Monday through Thursday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. and 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Friday and Saturday for $2 cans of your favorite beer or two for five seltzers or well mixers. Or try one of our tap beers for just $5 along with weekly specialty cocktails. Located underneath the Miners Hotel, where Butte locals receive a 20% discount on rooms, 51 Below has live music every Friday night. So stop by 51 Below Speakeasy and Casino for a good time with good friends and great drinks. And don't forget to dial 5. Lockmer Plumbing is more than Butte's complete union plumbing shop. Whether it is sponsoring Little League Baseball, High School Athletics, Montana Tech, Youth Racing, 4-H, Mining City Christmas, Action Inc.'s Homeless Solution Program, Head Start, or Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Butte, Lockmer Plumbing is always looking out for the people of the Mining City. Owned and operated by Troy and Amy Lockmer since 2002, Lockmer Plumbing can handle all your residential, commercial, and industrial plumbing needs as well as making repairs and installations on all plumbing and boiler systems. In the heart of Uptown Butte, Lockmer Plumbing can also assist on new construction and planning for your new home or development. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerPlumbing.com today. Lockmer Plumbing has your pipes covered and so much more. This message is brought to you by Anode Designs in Anaconda. I know what you're all thinking. Foley, you twit. Why are you letting this Anaconda hack get connected with the Butte cast? Well, folks, money talks. Anode Designs is a printing and direct-to-garment shop in Anaconda. But that's not all we do. We actually specialize in embroidery and graphic design. We also dabble in sign creation and vinyl banners, also decals for your motor vehicles. Now, there are so many great options for screen printers out there. Take 5518, for example. You all know the work John and company do in Butte. And like me, they support local guys like this who started a podcast. Really original. But if your current printer is too busy to get your job done in a timely fashion, why not give us a try? For a limited time only, all new businesses who place an order with Anode Designs will get their screen, embroidery, and graphic design origination fees waived. Just call 406-563-0121 or email anodedesignsllc at gmail.com and use the code FOLEYWHO during the consultation. Anode Designs is a proud supporter of the Buttecast and is pushing hard to get more Anaconda talent on the show. Don't just take it from me. Listen to the buttery smooth voice of a Butte legend tell you. 
There's two things we like about Butte. It's 24 miles away and Tom O'Neill. Welcome to Copperhead Country. I, I was surprised, I met you a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago on Sunday. I was surprised at how many people were there, just busy as could be on a Sunday afternoon. At oh, the, yeah, the, the lapidary shop is one reason the club has grown in attendance or, you know, in membership. Yeah. A lot of people really like to cut and polish stones, facet. It, it's fairly expensive to buy all the equipment yourself. Yeah. But we have that lapidary shop and we have all of the equipment. And it's open two days a week, you know, Thursday after, you know, Thursday night from 6 to 10 and Sunday from noon to 4. And like you say, it's busy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a busy going place. And it, uh, I'm really proud of that. I mean, the. Uh, Originally started out with the equipment that the Mineral Club at Montana Tech had. Yeah. They used to, we used to have a room up in the mill building where we could saw stones and polish them. And then Tech wanted that room. And so we had to move all the equipment out of there and just gave it to the Butte Mineral Club. And they rented... Uh, space I think down at the that old building that had been the one of the Catholic schools and they just had one room and yeah. so the club started buying more equipment and then we have a very nice location down at the executive village down there. Yeah. And we have what, four big slab saws and I don't know how many grinding and polishing units we have but we had a whole room full of them so it's good. Yeah. Well what, what does it take to become a uh, a member of the of the club in view well you have to be financially able and rich <laughs> ten bucks <laughs> ten, ten bucks uh, that's for the whole year ten dollars yeah really fifteen dollars for a couple <laughs> so, yeah that's not really cost prohibitive by any no, stretch of imagination and Lonnie's free <laughs> <laughs> Lonnie's free yeah Lonnie's free <laughs> so yeah no the, the the dues are very nominal yeah. So does this uh, this gem show, does it help raise money that pay for new equipment then for the club? Stuff like that? Yeah, you know, there, there are, we, we do have expenses through the year. Uh, and the lapidary shop is now busy enough that it's, I think it's paying its own way. Oh yeah? You know, and so but we have other expenses throughout the year that uh, we do. I want to get the club back into giving a scholarship. They haven't done that for several years. Uh, when I was president, they used to do that every year, but we've had a change in leadership and they haven't been doing that. If we make enough money this year, we'll probably reinstitute a scholarship. Yeah. At least I, I hope. <laughs> That's the hope. So, so what else do you do uh, when you're not uh, collecting rocks, out hunting for rocks? in the yard well if my wife hears that she won't like it but i i do a lot of work around the house yeah you know and then of course i uh, do go out and collect minerals and rocks and that's it and i cut a lot of stones myself i mean yeah. i have all the equipment at my house but i do that i do jewelry work so i well, keep busy yeah, so you don't have to go to the club to do the work necessarily you can do it all every night of the week yeah, if you like yeah. to 
and I take my dogs to down to McDonald's every morning at about 8.30 <laughs> for coffee for the 75-cent senior coffee. <laughs> 75 cents? Yeah. Go through the drive-in. Usually, uh, Mary Ann's the cashier there, so the dogs <laughs> like to see her. She likes to see them. So. What kind of dogs do you have? Oh, we have a ancient situ. Uh, I think she's like 15 years old and then we have a sort of what I call my dog I have Henry who's a nice bulldog he's seven now it's uh, a great name for a bulldog Henry yeah and then the wife just a year ago a little over a year ago bought a nice German shepherd his name Heidi uh, wow. and Heidi's a big girl and she's so gentle and loving and yeah. She's really a nice dog. Nothing beats dogs. Oh yeah, she's she's big dog. Yeah, yeah. When we don't let her jump on you, but the, when she was that, and we hadn't totally trained you could, but she could jump up, put her paws on my shoulder, and look lick my face. So. <laughs> Do you take the dogs with you out when you're out mineral hunting? I take Henry. Yeah, Henry Henry doesn't wander away, and I haven't gotten Heidi used to that yet but when i get heidi so she doesn't wander away and i don't have to keep her on a leash i could yeah. take her but yeah i take henry and he doesn't he doesn't need a leash he just stays yeah. around i have a little mine in helena a little claim i go up to and henry knows exactly where it is he leads the way up the hill yeah. and then he'll look back and say how come you're so slow <laughs> then we'll get up there and he'll just sleep the rest of the day yeah how many claims do you have just one. Just one. Do you yeah. find quite a bit up there? Uh, sometimes, yes. Yeah. Just yeah. depends on the day, huh? Yeah. How far you dig. Then I get to go out with a friend from Missoula who owns the uh, Little Gem Amethyst Mine, which is from here is about 16 miles away, but it produces really nice amethyst. And he lets me go out and dig there occasionally, too. Yeah. Now, you can... You're always probably looking out for a walk anywhere. You're probably looking for something. I saw Lonnie at the Butte High baseball game last week, and he comes running up and he found something. He couldn't wait to go cut it down. And some guy, <laughs> I, I can't remember what he said it was. Yeah. Is that how you are? You're always kind of keeping an eye on the ground, looking at the, the rocks when you're walking? Oh, yeah. yeah, Because yeah, you never know where you're going to find something, right? That's right. Particularly around Butte. I, I know Lonnie came in with a nice piece of Butte road night. Yeah. Maybe that's the one That might have been what he found, yeah. yeah. I don't know where he found it. He was out at the... He wasn't in the baseball field when he, in the stadium when he found it, but hmm. he's out running around somewhere. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty cool that he knew what it was right away for yeah. 10 yeah. years old. Yeah. yeah. We were always finding... We found a nice piece of like iron pyrite or something like that, we called it, or fool's gold or something like that. We were pretty excited, but I never found anything cool enough to actually cut down or polish up. Yeah. Well, you ought to come and try it. Yeah. <laughs> Lonnie, Never too late, right? Lonnie will show you how. <laughs> now, now, what's the what's the best thing you've ever found when you're looking? Oh, that's a heck of a question. Uh, really, heck of a question. I found a lot of good things at a mine I leased north of town here in, in Ear Basin, and I had that for like 15, 16 years. And mine some incredible Japan Law twins. Uh, 
and those are in museums all over the United States and the world. Yeah. You know, there were some great ones. I found really nice things down in Arizona. Uh, some of them at the University of Arizona Mineral Museum they bought, you know. I found a lot of good things, you know. And I, I haven't found a million-dollar specimen, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it must be pretty exciting, though, when you find something like that and you know it's going to be yes. something neat. Yes. Pretty rewarding. And, uh, you know, there, there's a group of people that feel these stones and minerals have healing properties. And I don't know whether they do or not, but I know when I find a really good one, I yeah. feel good. Yeah. <laughs> Probably like I used to feel when I was playing softball back in the day, you know, if I got a good hit, you feel good. Yeah, yeah, same kind of, yep. same kind of rush, adrenaline rush. Yep, yep. Does your wife ever go with you? Does she find stuff too? She has it for a number of years. Her, you know, had a hip operation and she's not able to walk as long. Yeah. You know, she likes to take our four-wheelers and go with me and we'll go out to eastern Montana and we have some ranch friends out there that now one of them has about 30 square miles that we can go ride our four-wheelers and there's yeah. also a lot of fossils there so she likes doing that yeah you know it doesn't require much walking yeah did you guys meet at tech because you, you were you said you were married pretty early you're still in the navy oh yeah that but I, that was a divorce situation. I mean, I was divorced when I, oh. after I moved back to, to Butte and then uh, yeah, met the present wife. Yeah, she was a student at Tech. Yeah. And she was... What's her name? Uh, Renee Sanchez. Is she from Butte? No, she's from Washington. Oh. But she, she got her degree, went to Tech a number of t for a number of years, and did feel. Now she's a licensed addition counselor and LCPC and finishing up a doctorate at uh, Holy Cross University uh, uh, online, you know, and so yeah. she's, well, does a lot of Zoom courses. And yeah. Things like that, so. So you're going to have to call her doctor then? Damn it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> does she call you doctor? No. <laughs> Not at all. Well, I, I, I'm going to have to try to stop by this show this week. I'm pretty, uh, check it all out on yeah. Saturday. I'm going to be at the baseball tournament, so I'll have to come on Sunday. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of a shame that it'll be my first one living in Butte with all these gems around. Yeah. We need to get you hooked. Yeah. I, have to, I know my, my uncle Shorty, as I call him, Jerry DeArcy. Yeah, yeah. Which, not offended by that name, Shorty. I know he was, whenever I talk to him on the phone, He's out looking for rocks. <laughs> right, right. Complaining right. about the the, the the pitch of the hill that he had to walk up. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't know that everybody called him yeah. Shorty well, until you told me. Well, there was a time when he would be out in the mountains all the time, but he, he was looking for elk, mm -hmm. not not rocks. Maybe he, he must have found that rocks are uh, easy to, they can't run away from you. Yeah, well, the, the other thing, he and I are the same age and at our age, it's harder to get up the hills than it used to yeah. be when we were 40 or 50. Yeah. What, what you get, but 77? Yeah. 77 inch. Yeah. Pretty soon, 78. Closing in on 78, huh? 
But you're doing pretty good, it seems like. Still playing music, still doing what you love, looking for rocks. Yep. I mean, there's not a lot of people uh, who graduated from Great Falls High or any school in 1964 are probably still doing the same thing that they they wanted to when they set out. Well, I'll tell you a story about that. <laughs> uh, I gave a presentation to the New York Mineral Club uh, last Tuesday night and uh, via Zoom, you know, and there were about 40 people on the, the screen and I gave this presentation and then afterward, you know, I told them about myself Then afterwards they could answer questions and there was one gal there says, my name's Anna and her name was Anna Sarna and she said, I'm from Great Falls. I said, really? She said, yeah, I went to Great Falls High School when you were there. I've been to Butte. I've been to the School of Mines. Yeah. And uh, I forgot to ask her what her maiden name was. And I haven't had a chance to look yeah. up in the ear but to see her. But I looked at her, her website. And she creates fantastic gold and diamond and jewelry. Yeah. She has a business in New York City there. She's a high-end jeweler. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. And, <laughs> yeah. and she was the same Great Falls size, same time as you? Yeah. And, uh, I never knew her then. But, <laughs> well, that's interesting. Small world, is it? Right. And I have no idea where she got her training, but she obviously was got trained really well in uh, goldsmithing and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Was it the school of mines when you started going to school up there? First year I was here, I enrolled into Montana School of Mines. Uh -huh. Then in 1965, they made the mistake and changed it to the Montana College of Mineral Science and Technology. Uh -huh. Yuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was actually, the year I was there, they were trying to change it to MSU Butte. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. Jeff Baker was in and he had a meeting and everyone was ready to tear his head off. Yeah. And that's when they went to Montana Tech of the University of Montana. Right. right. Which now it's uh, Montana Technical University or... Right. And, and yeah, everybody still calls it Montana Tech, which yeah. is good enough. Yeah. You know, that's good. You know, even Georgia Tech, everybody calls Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech, but that's not its official name. Yeah. But. School of Mines is pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Well, the Colorado School of Mines is held their name for 100 years. Yeah. They haven't changed it. Yeah. Well, luckily, I think John Wick has some Montana School of Mines gear you can buy at 5518 or Dig City, one of them he's got. Is that right? So you can still get some School of Mines uh, paraphernalia, or, uh, apparel, not paraphernalia, apparel, if I can find uh, the right word there. Oh, yeah. Well, so. I don't know about that. Uh, maybe I'll go see that. But one exhibit that we're having at the that you may be interested in is back in the days of the Anaconda, early 1900s, yeah. you know, they, there were all sorts of copper souvenirs yeah. made. I mean, you little ingots, little bars, everything. And so I'm putting in a display of, of all of these copper souvenirs from Great Falls, Anaconda, and Butte. And yeah. I have a whole bunch of Montana School of Mines copper souvenirs. And the most interesting ones are back in 1935 and 36, 
they had proms and the prom little folder was a back the front and back were copper embossed with the Montana School of Mines and then inside was all the dance cards <laughs> signed by there and they used that same pattern I have a belt buckle in there with that same pattern I have a, and then I have a couple different School of Mines patterns from the 1930s yeah. you know that are all in copper and those are sort of neat but they'll That's be on display. And I'll check those out. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I have a beer platter from Great Falls, from the Great Falls Brewery for, uh, I think, Bohemian Lager. And, yeah. But down at the bottom, it, it said, made of anaconda copper. Really? <laughs> yeah. Just an old beer tray, but yeah. it says, made of anaconda copper. So. Does the history of the mining in Montana stuff that always interest you pretty much too? Because oh, yeah. well, my, my favorite book is that Fire and Brimstone about the yeah. Grand Mountain Memorial disaster. Yeah, I've read them all, and yes, no, the history's very interesting. Well, Butte history's very yeah. very interesting. You know, I'm from Great Falls, and Great Falls has some interesting things, but not like Butte. Yeah. Well, you've been in Butte a lot longer now than you were in Great Falls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> so, well, well, Doctor, I appreciate your time, and I really look forward to this uh, the gym show at the Civic Center this weekend. Well, make sure you come. I will. I'll be. I, Shorty's going to make me, probably. He's been, yeah, he's been talking so. to me about it for quite a while. I hope so. He called, I, I think the first time he talked to me was, like, in December oh, about it. Okay, and, well, and I hope everybody gets a chance to come. I, I think they'll enjoy it. Proud to be from you, America, USA.